0: Hello, wonderful humans. Welcome to the Self Adventure Podcast. Thank you so, so much for being here. I know there are plenty of excellent podcasts to choose from, so it is an honor to be in your ears right now. For me, the Self Adventure is about discovering rituals, tools, and experiences that encourage self reflection, self care, and self kindness. It is about curiosity, courage, and exploration. I'm your host, Sarah Harney. I'm a maker, writer and podcast producer, so I adore all things storytelling. I'm also a queer woman, a book lover, a crafting tragic and a comedy nerd. And I'm fortunate enough to be living and working on beautiful Ghana country in South Australia with my future wife, our spoiled puppy and soon to be human baby. I'm also the creator of The Self-Adventure. The Self-Adventure is about everything you've ever done to learn about yourself, to feel good, to feel joy, and to have more compassion and understanding of yourself and others. So this is a podcast about capturing comfy conversations that foster that curiosity, kindness, and a sense of belonging. Hopefully there'll be gentle light bulb moments or moments of deep resonance for you. The nature of this podcast is not to make you feel like you always need to be in self-improvement mode. You are already enough, just as you are. I want to create a business and a podcast that is a safe space, a place for big ideas, honest sharing, and most importantly, inclusive language and conversations. I'm always doing my best with the knowledge I have now, but there's always room for learning and improvement. So reach out if there's anything I can do better for you and your community. After creating so many podcasts for other people, it's an absolute honour to be here hosting my own. I really hope that you enjoy what I've created here and I cannot wait to bring you the most beautiful conversations that I can find about self-exploration and the self-adventure. I would also like to take this opportunity to acknowledge that this podcast was recorded on the traditional lands of the Ghana people and we pay our respects to elders past, present, and emerging. We acknowledge the stories, traditions, and living cultures of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples on this land and recognise that sovereignty was never ceded. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. I'm so thrilled to be bringing you this conversation with my wonderful long-time friend, Jenna Britton. Jenna is one of the cleverest, kindest, most wonderful humans that I know. And it was a pleasure to meet her in the US a few years ago, as you'll hear us talk about. Jenna is a writer and a clarity coach with her business, Brave Enough to Be. Jenna is an incredible space holder, and she's also trained as a human design reader and uses human design chart analysis with coaching experience to support folks looking for clarity and accountability during times of transition. Her work is absolutely incredible, uh, and both as a recipient of it and as a friend, I cannot tell you how incredible her work is and the passion and wisdom that she brings to it. So it's an absolute honor to bring this conversation to you today. Let's get into it. I'm absolutely thrilled to share this conversation with you today, but I wanted to quickly flag that this conversation was actually recorded a few months ago. I know the podcast producer who delayed her own podcast. That's just the way things go, isn't it? It's still an incredible conversation, but if you hear anything that doesn't seem to match up with present day, that is why. I hope you enjoy. Thank you so much for being here, my love. My first question for you is, who are you right now?
1: Who am I right now? Oh, my gosh. Um, I am a writer, and I am – honestly, I feel like I'm in a stage of becoming, which I guess is, like, something that we're always in, but I really feel – I don't know. I really feel like I'm kind of cocooning lately, like in that butterfly stage of just like figuring out what this next phase of myself is. And um, yeah, I heard heard someone say today on another like thing that I was viewing that they were like, you know, I always – I'm trying to become this version of myself that I have in my mind, this ideal version of myself that I'm working towards. And that's, as you know, somewhat like how I always have been very Enneagram three, very like, what's, what's my future self and how can I work towards that person? And they were saying like, now I'm really just trying to focus on being on becoming on just like living in that space of kind of like cocooning and growing. And that's kind of who I feel I am right now. So I don't like, I don't quite know what the answer is, but I feel myself in the space of becoming whatever this next version is. But the writer part, which I started with, that feels really solid and true. And, and like where I am pretty much always. Yeah. I love
0: that distinction between the future self and the, the planning and the envisaging of that because I think that that's super important and I love thinking about who I want to be and what, yeah, routines and things I can put in place. But I can use that as an excuse to future trip a little bit and be like, when I'm that person or like things will be better when I do yoga every day or meditate every day or whatever instead of actually being here. Mm -hmm. So I like that you're kind of pulling apart those two things and going, yes, there's things I can do that are taking me closer to my vision and goals and who I'd like to be. But at the same time, I acknowledge who I am right now and I'm proud of myself and I'm enjoying today or whatever.
1: Yeah. And I think that pride is the, is the huge part because a lot of looking towards the future, like that's often my motivation for things. It's often what helps me, you know, set goals or, or go after them. But it is that, that acknowledgement of where I am and that being proud of myself in the moment that I have often missed in my life. And so, um, yeah, I think that's part of that's part of the development and getting to that place of the future me. Mm, yeah,
0: absolutely. This is a big one, my next question. So you can, and it can be anything from today, yesterday, five years ago, but what is something that you
1: have figured out about yourself? Hmm. Something that I've figured out about myself. Um I think that I have learned. I have learned, and I'm trying to say this without sounding uh, full of myself in a way, but just that I I have a very unique wisdom and that it's important for me to offer it. And I say that not thinking that everybody needs it or thinking that my wisdom is better than anybody else's, but just I think that I spent so much of my life wondering like what I was here to do. And what my purpose was and like kind of what the point of it all, you know, she says, gesturing wildly was. Um, And I've really come to understand that there are things that maybe, maybe don't feel that important to me or maybe feel natural to me. And that is my wisdom. That is what I have to offer. The reason that it feels natural and that it comes naturally is because that's what I'm here to offer. And that there is someone out there that needs to hear it, that needs to read it, that needs to experience it through me. And the more that I stay like afraid of being seen or the more that I worry that what I have to say isn't important or it's already been said or it's not valuable. Or the more I worry about like the super mundane things like, Oh, my writing isn't really that good. Or like Elizabeth Gilbert already wrote that book or whatever it might be. Then I, the the more that I'm not offering that wisdom to the exact person who needs to hear it. So I don't know that that's, I, well, I definitely know that's something that's not unique to me. I actually believe that that's true of everyone, that we all have a unique wisdom, and there is someone for all of us that needs to hear it. But I think for me, those things have been huge because I've struggled throughout my life with being seen, with wondering, like, why am I here? Why do I feel called to write? Why do I, you know, want to share the things that I want to share? Why is it so important to me to talk about my life experience when a lot of my life experience? actually feels really painful. And like, why do I have this dueling feeling of wanting to keep it hidden and locked up and also wanting to share it? And I'm starting to learn that it's because that's, that's what I'm here to share. It's what I'm here to do. And often that thing does feel very conflicting. It does feel both like the thing we are called to do and the thing that feels like the scariest. And so more and more in my, you know, as I'm, leaning into my 30s, I am also learning to lean into that, into those things that feel a little bit scary, but also feel like the pull that I've had my whole life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we, as people who are thoughtful and creative and empathic and expressive, we can also get caught up in that, why me? Or yes, that book's already been written does the world need another podcast? Does the, you know, does Instagram need really need my perspective? Yeah, And I feel that constantly, but I think that you are absolutely right in terms of that's what I think about the self-adventure is it's just another, it's another pebble in the pile of, have you thought about it this way? Did you know that it could feel like this? Have you, you know, thought about this way of being or mindset shift or, did you know about the Enneagram or whatever it is? And I think you'll meet the person where they're at, right? Like there's certainly lots of podcasts that I've heard where they've said something a thousand or I've heard something a thousand times. And then this one person just says it in this certain way. And I'm like, that's it. Yep. And same with meditation or any of these tools You just find the right person at the right time that just articulated it in that exact way and just it's synthesized in your brain just that little bit better. So I absolutely agree with you that we all have our unique thing. And especially as you are such an incredible expressor of things, like you're such a great writer and, and speaker and thinker that, yeah, someone, lots of people will be desperately needing to hear the way that you say it.
1: Thank you. I so appreciate that. And I, you know, as you were saying that, I'm thinking of some of the people that we have seen or heard or read or listened to. And I'm like, if they decided, no, like somebody else already did that and didn't, you know, and, and Jonathan didn't create camp or Chris Gillibo didn't create WDS or Elizabeth Gilbert didn't write Eat, Pray, Love or whatever it is, like, if they just decided I was, somebody else is already talking about those things, which they are these, you know, all of the personal development and spiritual development and all of the things like have been talked about for hundreds of years, but we had to hear it from certain people. And, and that's how we met, you know, like, so for me, it's not just about my own like self help growth and development, but also about my relationships and the, the important people that come into my life and like change everything forever and make, and, and, and are part of that becoming that I'm in mm. right now. And like, it's not something that I could ever plan for. You know, I could never be like, Oh, I'm supposed to meet this person and she's going to do this for me. It's so yeah, it's, I'm reminded that if those people had decided, like I often have like, Oh, it's already been done that I wouldn't have the growth that I needed to, to be who I am and who I'm becoming. Mm, Absolutely. And that concept of showing up, right. Mm -hmm. We showed up at the
0: thing or we showed up online and then we had that great conversation in the DMS with someone that you didn't Mm -hmm. know had that point of view or whatever it's yeah, it's being, being here, being a part of the conversation or, or showing up at the thing. Yeah. Makes a big difference. Absolutely. Yeah. The concept of the self-adventure is obviously widespread in terms of what it can mean. So I'm curious to to know what the self-adventure means to
1: you. This is a great question because I was talking to someone about this today and uh, knowing that I was going to be doing this interview with you. And for me, it is the, like when I hear it, I just think of the life journey. Like that's what my life is, is the self-adventure. And sometimes it is a singular kind of just me thing of the adventure of learning who I am and figuring out what I want what I'm here to do and following that path and facing fears. And sometimes the adventure, oftentimes the adventure involves other people. Like how do I interact in relationships? How do I grow through them? Who am I compatible with? How do I, you know, see myself reflected in other people? What do I project onto other people? Like all of the different ways that, um, we just interact in relationship to other people. But for me, it all comes back to like the adventure is my life. It is this like one moment that I am here. Um, And I think I've been thinking about it a lot actually in terms of like this actual moment, this year, 2020. And, you know, I live in the United States. I am an American and sometimes I'm like, why? Like, why am I here right now? You know, like, <laughs> do I have to? <laughs> do I have to? This is such a hot mess. And um, and and I I go back to that that feeling. And this is what I believe personally. Um, coming from a, maybe a more spiritual esoteric place, but it, I, I believe that I chose to be here. I believe that my soul chose this moment and and chose my family and and this life that I have. And I I think that I have free will to make whatever decisions I, I can as a human, but I'm like, the adventure is I, I chose this and I chose it as a, a container and, um, an opportunity to learn and grow and develop as much as I can. And so even though there are times where I'm like, God, I would love to not, I would love to just ignore this. I would love to not be dealing with this. Um, this is the adventure, you know, and it's not just like super fun stuff where like I I take a trip to Portland and I meet a super cool, amazing person at the bar. That's you for anyone, that's Sarah for anyone who, who doesn't know how we met, but it's also this hard stuff. It's also when the country that I live in is just like reeling from, you know, the actual pandemic that the world is reeling from and a racial... You know, pandemic that our country has been reeling, not reeling from, but ignoring for hundreds of years. And it feels really uncomfortable and hard. And also, like, yeah, that is the self adventure. This is the container through which I get to grow and learn and unlearn and be a better person on the other side of it. And so, each moment of my life feels like part of that adventure. It feels like the next, if we're thinking in like video game terms, it's like the next challenge and level that I'm getting to. So, right.
0: Yeah. Have you ever thought about not wanting to be self that self-aware? Yes. Sometimes I've had that fight with myself of, I wish yes. I wasn't this self-aware.
1: Honestly, Sarah, all the time. Like, <laughs> I love that question. Cause I think it all the time where I'm like, God damn it, if you would just stop like reading so many books and listening to so many podcasts and whatnot, like there there are people that I look at and I'm like, oh, you are you seem to be at least so blissfully ignorant to like <laughs> what is not just what is happening in the world, but just like the growth available to you and granted, I'm definitely like making assumptions about people that are, you know not based in any actual knowledge of my own. but yeah, I I'm just like, I being self-aware is a blessing and sometimes feels like a curse for sure. Like I sometimes with my partner, Jordan, I will be saying or I will be saying something or like reacting in some way where I can see it's almost like I'm hovering above my body and I can be like, This is not. This is a reactive pattern. This is coming from a place of trauma. Maybe you shouldn't say that. Like, don't react. And and yet my body is actually still doing the things. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? (laughs) It's this weird form of self awareness where I both know better, but like I'm still acting out the pattern at the same time. And then you know, and I'm like, well, I know I'm gonna have to apologize for that later. So. It's like IRL (laughs) Jenna versus hovering esoteric (laughs) Jenna. Exactly. Super self-aware Jenna over here. Just like, Ooh, that's not okay. Well, you can, you can fix that later then. (laughs) You just drop that bomb, but don't forget you're going to come and have to clean that up. Exactly. And it's so funny because like, you and I met five years ago, which is wild. It feels like we have known each other for even longer than that. But mm-hmm. I, I can think about the things that I did in relationship then. I can think about some of the conversations you and I had talking about my, my relationship then where it's like, I remember where I was and in that space. And that was the most self-aware version of me. And I was operating from as much as I knew. And I think about me now, like, dropping me into that situation and how differently I might've handled certain things. And it's just, it's wild. And sometimes it's frustrating to me to think like, Oh, why didn't I do it differently then? But like that was the most aware version of myself. That was the best that I could do it in that situation. And right now I'm doing the best that I can do with what I know how to do. And so I can only hope that this self-awareness is continuing to help me evolve and, you know, each year, each moment, I'm showing up as as best as I can. So,
0: I think it feels like sometimes I wish it was done too. Like that that combination of I've had a few times when I've realized something or had a big epiphany or learned something or unlearned something, and I was like, "Oh, is this really the next frontier?" Like I just did a bunch of this. <laughs> Can I yeah. please be done now? But yeah. you're exactly right. It is lifelong and it is, why would we ever want to be done? Like, of yeah. course we want to keep developing and growing and, and doing all the things, but yeah, it's a, I mean, It's an ongoing.
1: Absolutely. And sometimes I do need a little break. Like I I right. remember a couple of years ago working with a coach and I was like, I honestly would like to not self-develop for a minute. Like I mm-hmm. would just like to, I guess now I would call it integrating you know, like actually taking what I'm learning and letting it sink in. But at the time I was like, I just, I need, I need a minute. I need to Mm -hmm. breathe, you know? And I think we have a little bit of control over that. Like we can control if we're like reading another book or working with a coach or whatever. And then other times life is just forcing you to grow and develop (laughs) in ways that you don't have control over. But, um, yeah, I totally get that sense of like, can I have a minute or can I be done? I mean, we're never done, but yeah, I, th- I think it's fair to want a break. Yeah.
0: The other thing I wanted to ask you is also why? Like, why do we, why do you think it is beneficial for us to be as self-aware or self-developed or progressive or whatever as we can be?
1: Hmm. Um, well, part of it goes back to the more esoteric answer I have of like, I truly believe that I chose to be here. And because of that, I believe that everyone chose to be here. Like, I I feel like that's what we're here to do. But from a more, um, I suppose, practical standpoint, I just, I don't know. I feel like that is... I guess from a practical standpoint, it's kind of the same. Like, I feel like that's the human experience is learning and developing, you know? And I think that we kind of assign that to ages zero to 18 and we allow for education and we allow we allow for learning and growing. And, I, and I'm talking about like learning how to walk and learning how to talk and, um, and then getting to go to school and all of those things. And then it's almost like at 18, you're done. Just like go out and... And live now, but there's so many things that we still have yet to learn. And at that point, there's so many things we have to unlearn. There's so many like traumas or patterns or, you know, just things that we've witnessed that have either been passed down for generations or have been taught to us by society or, you know, so many things. I mean, again, looking at this moment in time and looking at my particular experience of America, it's like, it's really easy to be like, well, this is the way things have been done. And so you know, often we won't we won't look at them critically or decide that things need to change. And it's just like just because something's always been done that way doesn't mean that's how it should be done. Um and to be able to take a hard, critical look at things, including ourselves and the ways that we show up in the world and in relationship and for ourselves is just like the work of being human to me. Um, I've definitely had people tell me that, I mean, I've had people tell me like, they think nothing's ever good enough for me or like they kind of look at my sort of interest in personal development as a Mm, a way of, right? A way of just not accepting myself or not accepting them or not accepting the way the world is. And I used to get really hurt by that because I was like, I don't feel like that's where it's coming from. But now I'm kind of like, it's not that nothing's ever good enough for me. It's like, like I think about a James Baldwin quote about America. James Baldwin was an African-American essayist. And he said something to the effect of like, you know, I love America. And for that reason, I, I reserve the right to criticize her. Like, because I love this country, I want her to be the best version of herself. And so I look at myself that way where I'm like, I love me. And I want to show up as the best version of myself in this, like, limited time that I have here on this earth. And um, I think that that's that's just why we are all here. And we're all here to be the best version of ourselves. Not in some, like, patriarchal, capitalistic, like, hustle, hustle, hustle all the time. You have to be perfect sort of way. But more in the... In the ways that we, like the essence of each of us, I think from the time that we're born, it gets like muffled a little bit over and over again. And the work of not just being an adult, it can happen when you're a kid too, but the work of our lives is to get back to that essence. So that's kind of what it feels like to me to have this self-awareness and to actually do something about it. Like it's not helpful to just be self-aware and be like, well, that's how I am. So <laughs> guess that's you know. it. Yeah, deal with it. But... Yeah. It always makes
0: me think of self-kindness. So the more I can know about myself, especially really specific things of how my brain works or how yeah. I feel love or show love or be in relationship, etc. or what patterns have been passed down to me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And kindness in my community. And I think that that is feeling particularly true right now is if I can know what's going on with me, then I'm probably less Mm. snitchy and easily agitated and defensive and and that goes from both my immediate partner relationship out to my family out to my community to traffic to waiting in the shopping line or whatever and I think we've seen a lot of that lately of people really freaking out at shopping centers or scarcity and and all this kind of stuff that's gone on with um the pandemic and and also other community issues And I think the more you can kind of be okay with yourself, the more likely you might be able to show up Mm. in a helpful way or a supportive or kind way for someone else. And I'm noticing that with the the conversation around Black Lives Matter in Australia, because of course, it has shone the light again on all of our issues. And if I hadn't, done something to be okay with myself i could also be getting super defensive around white privilege and oh well i didn't do it so it's not my fault uh uh-uh, mm-hmm. that's no that's not what we're talking about here Absolutely. just because you didn't physically rock in in 1777 or whatever it was um <laughs> that's not the point you have certain privileges and there are certain um, inequalities in your community so what are you going to do about it and that's and that's that balance I feel of okay well what can I actually know about myself to then show up in a more helpful way and not cause more harm because there's certainly a lot of rhetoric online that it's almost worse than people being outwardly terrible is people who think they're helping and they're actually just causing Uh more and more microaggressions or just straight up aggressions because they haven't done the work to figure out what the actual right thing to say is or the, the closest to right that we can be with the information you've got.
1: Absolutely. And I, it reminds me a little bit, this is kind of tangential, but I was listening to a writer on a podcast who was talking about writing memoir and writing personal essay and writing about things that are maybe like shameful or we're not super proud of. And you know, she was like, well, if you don't allow, hey, if you don't like allow yourself to write without that shame, like you're never going to write about them truthfully. You're never going to write about that situation truthfully. You're probably going to try to project that shame onto someone else or make it someone else's problem. Like you're not going to include yourself in that narrative in the true way that you were actually involved in that story. And I think about that from the perspective that you were just talking about. I mean, for me personally, the Black Lives Matter movement is both personal in the way of like being a person who is half black. And it is also a work, a work and an unlearning for me as someone who has internalized a lot of white supremacy and, you know, kind of used that as a way to survive in the world be in in a, in the world of America, at least that like runs on a system of, of white supremacy and oppression. And, um, if I come at that learning and unlearning from a place of shame where I'm ashamed of how I have perhaps participated in the system, then I'm not going to be able to speak to it, to hear other people, to tell my story in a way that's true, in a way that actually acknowledges my, my place in the story, my participation in the system, my pain from the system. But if I'm able to feel that shame but also like move and write and, uh, have conversations through it, then I can actually, you know, it's not a matter of like, well, it wasn't me. Like I didn't do it. I, you know, I can, I can both acknowledge my place in it and also not feel defensive of, you know, of how it has influenced my life or who I am. And, um, you know, what I have to learn and change now. So yeah, it's, I think that self-awareness piece is huge. And then it's also like, okay, is there any shame that comes up from that Mm self-awareness and how do I actually like process and work through that so that I can come to any situation, whether we're talking about Black Lives Matter, whether we're talking about a relationship, anything it might be, whether I can actually come to the situation and offer the truest version of myself
0: yeah I think that's the most one of the most powerful things I got out of Brene Brown's work mm-hmm. is this concept that shame shame will breed in the quiet
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it will cause us to to be the most reactive or the most defensive or you know the most unhelpful version, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And this idea that sitting with it rather than ignoring or hiding, moving through, and then sharing as honestly as you can, this concept of vulnerability, Mm -hmm. that that's how we're going to solve anything essentially, that really blew my mind when I first heard that around when I I stay quiet versus when I share a trusted person, not just necessarily, you know, just anyone or blasting it online, but being vulnerable with someone about a shame that you have felt in any of these things that we're talking about. Such an unlocking of what's possible after that.
1: Mm-hmm. It's so true, and it like as I'm sitting here talking to you and like seeing your face, I'm reminded of when we first met because our relationship. I don't know what like made us feel comfortable doing that, but we were so immediately vulnerable with each other about like things that we felt ashamed about, things that were hurting us, thing you know. And I really feel like that is what just like solidified our friendship from the start. Like it was, you know, I I remember there were people who saw us at the end of that weekend that were like, you met on Thursday? Like what? (laughs) You know, but it's so true. Like just that ability to um, be vulnerable and share things that were hard. And obviously we felt a certain trust with each other, which gratefully was, was real, but yeah, it's huge. I think it makes all the difference and I think that the people that we're talking about who maybe are immediately defensive about something or or even trying to speak to something but kind of like saying the wrong things, I think are maybe not acknowledging what they're feeling, like any shame or like really gross feelings that are coming up and then that's kind of projecting either onto the internet or onto black people or indigenous people or you know what I mean and so yeah. Mm that combination of like become really aware of yourself and deal with your shame on your own time. Yeah. And then then you can start to really speak your story. Yeah.
0: I have found some of the things that have been shared so helpful around unpacking white privilege like don't center yourself so yeah if this if this week on social media has been hard for you as a white person don't come and tell us about it here (laughs) go and go and chat about that in your own private time and come back when you've got something Helpful to add. Yeah. There's, there's so much, um, so many people doing a lot of that emotional labor to, to share all that information so that you can see it and go, Oh, okay, great. I was about to just go, Yeah. You know, Jesus is hard or whatever. (laughs) Um, so, so yeah, grateful to, to that kind of conversation as well. I, I think that we do have such a special, um, friendship and relationship in that sense. And you're so right that, we just were at that perfect time. And maybe that's that point we were making earlier of we just dropped into each other's lives at that exact right time that we needed to hear essentially the opposite. Like I was in such yep. an opposite place, you know, travelling. You were in a relationship. Like we were just and, and in a house and very stable in that sense. Mm-hmm. We were just in such opposite parts of our exploration yep. and desperately needed to hear what the other person was going through 100%. to go through oh, okay, that's what I need to unpack or that's what I had never thought of or whatever. Um, and even me traveling around, you thought that was incredibly brave and I felt yeah. wildly out of control. And I think, again, I needed to hear you say that. Yes. It's just, yeah, we hear what we need to hear sometimes at
1: yeah. the exact right moment. Absolutely. And that goes back to that idea of relationships and like, what a good reflection they can be sometimes in a very positive way. Like we were, I think, very positive mirrors for each other. And sometimes in a, in a way that feels negative, but is still good. Like I think of that relationship and like, it reflected Mm -hmm. a lot of things to me that were uncomfortable and painful, but that also I needed to see. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like things that I needed to see in myself and, um, so yeah, I think I think part of the self-awareness a lot of times isn't just in the work that we're doing by ourselves. It isn't just in uh, the books that we read or the podcasts that we listen to. It's in relationship to other people and what is being reflected back to us. That's often for me personally, the hardest one, <laughs> because I'm like, that's fine. I'll just like burn down all the relationships and go like you know read a bunch of books in my house by myself and then I'll be the most evolved human and it's like the universe keeps telling me like nope you're going to do it in relationship like you're going to figure it out with another human it would be so. so much easier if we could just go to the cabin in the woods that's and not have to I talk think. to anyone that is what i think i mean <laughs> but why do we keep loving people god <laughs> so <annoying. laughs> it's so annoying it's so annoying my gosh <laughs>
0: Um, I'm, I'm. Curious. I was gonna say, I'm curious. I'm curious to know what you're curious
1: about right now. Hmm. Um, very specifically, if I if I may, just note something that's not you know a vague idea, but I'm curious about something called human design. Which have I have I have we talked about this? I feel I don't like think we've have. specifically talked about it, but I've definitely heard you talk about it on your podcast. Okay, okay, I just love human design. It's like a, it's almost like a personality test, like an enneagram or uh, Myers Briggs, but it is more astrology in nature. So you just input your birth date and time and location, and it tells you. It gives you this whole chart and I've been so fascinated by it and it kind of goes back to what we've been talking about in terms of like who you're becoming um, because on the one hand, it does give you this kind of blueprint, but it's not telling you who you are necessarily. It's kind of telling you like as the as the name suggests how you're designed to be and if you like kind of live by this design, then life is, is uh, supposed to be a lot smoother for you. And ever since I've learned about it and learned about myself, and I mean, haven't been the best at integrating my own personal design, but I just, I just find it so curious, the system specifically, but also the idea itself that, that we are, that we all are so uniquely designed. And I, I think I always kind of knew this logically, like, of course we're all different and we have different personalities and blah, blah, blah. But from the human design perspective, like we're not all designed to work the same way. And that doesn't just mean like, oh, you either work for a company or you have uh, your own business. It's like some people are designed to have a lot of energy and just expend it on things that light them up. And some people like my design or my, my human design type is a projector and we're designed to like work really hard at our thing for a couple hours a day and then just like go off and learn. And as you know, like that sounds like a dream to me. But our world isn't set up or the world that I live in currently isn't set up to do that. And so just this idea that like we've created these systems for people to live within as if we are all the same. Um, And I don't just mean like the working system. But if I look at education, if I look at the school system in, in America, but in a lot of places, it's like we have decided that all children ever learn the exact same way or are meant to learn the same things. And there's like certain tracks that we're supposed to follow. And And I don't mean to be critical of the education system, but it's more just like, I don't know. I have been really intrigued by this idea of how unique we are and how we're designed to live. And, you know, whether or not someone is interested or believes in human design, I think that it's just such an uh interesting thing to think about that like like with my partner I can look at him now that I've been kind of studying the system and be like oh we're not we're not designed to look at this the same way we're not designed to approach this the same way and it gives me a little bit more empathy in certain things where I'm like you don't you don't see this the way that I do and even things like um in human design for him he is supposed to when it comes to like decision making it's easier for him to be given two options than to be like, Oh, where do you want to go out to eat? But if I say like, do you want Mexican food or do you want Thai food? It's a lot easier for him to make that decision. And it used to, it's so funny when I learned that, that it used to drive me crazy when I would be like, just make a decision, like just make, just, just decide on something. And now I'm like, Oh, he just needs a couple options. Okay. I'm going to give him a couple options and then it works perfectly. And same with me, like in my human design type, Another thing is that we, we like to be recognized and invited into things. And I always like shamed that part of myself that, you know, in like love languages, it's like words of affirmation too, you know? And I would always be like, oh my God, like, why do you need everyone to just like notice you, you know, (laughs) or, or be like, like in group projects in school, I would be like, can someone just notice that like my contribution to this, please? Um, and but now i've i've explicitly told him like this is this is really helpful for me and so he knows to like give me those words of affirmation and it's like it could be something that i just remained ashamed of or i could acknowledge that this is the, a unique thing about me and when someone actually gives it to me it makes both of our lives a lot easier cuz i feel better and he feels better in relationship to me so Yeah, I would say what I'm curious about specifically is that system of human design, but even more generally, the idea that we are all designed so uniquely. And it's possible for us to set up a world that we can each uniquely thrive in. And we're just, we're not there yet. But I feel, I don't know, I feel personally kind of like we're on the precipice of that, of changing so much to allow for that uniqueness.
0: For sure, because truly with school or work, we have kind of created maybe one or two big buckets yeah. and it's like everyone goes in here and mm-hmm. as we really learn about some people that react really well to that and some people who react really negatively to that and mm-hmm. don't fit what we think was supposed to be the outcome that we know that yeah these these brains are not all built the same and they're not mm-hmm. all going to receive that information the same i have noticed that absolutely in partnership with Ange yeah of of exactly what you're saying around words of affirmation and when she doesn't thank me for something that is truly as simple as wiping the bench which is her you know she loves a clean bench so for her that's just normal baseline level and for me that was quite an effort and that's okay that both of us feel that way but when I've done it I'm like a little kid just waiting for the like pat on the head be like see did you see did you see totally Right, I'm like, no, but you did not say thank you. But are you so glad? (laughs) Yeah. And when we did the, did the quiz, the, um, love languages quiz and we figured out, yeah, my words of affirmation was right up the top for me. And I think hers is physical touch. And Mm -hmm. she was saying about how, yeah, we need like more hugs or whatever it was. And it's just that funny thing of, it's so simple, but it was actually causing legit friction.
1: (laughs) Totally. And I, I think sometimes most of my, uh, my conflict in relationships, whether it's with Jordan or in friendships or with my family is like, you're not doing the thing the way that I would, or, or like at work, you know, like it's all, and so when you take a step back and you're like, Oh, well that's because they're a different human, which of course makes logical sense, but it's also just like, I don't know, knowing and understanding how someone else is designed differently than you. And then you can just do those small little things like complimenting them or thanking them for doing something for you or adding or giving them hugs more. Like those are the things that are actually going to like make a huge difference.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're so right about the um, work and things or getting someone to help you on something. And then they do something on the computer and they drag it into a box that you wouldn't have put it in. And you're sitting there going, Oh, I regret asking for this help. I yeah. know how I would have done it. But, <laughs> but actually, it's so that's totally fine.
1: Yep. Yep. It's so true.
0: What are some of the self-adventure ingredients that you're including in your life
1: right now? Mm. Hmm. Reading, definitely. This is a constant. But I also mm-hmm. feel like I was doing it less. I was letting a lot of other things, it was kind of like, oh, if I ever find myself with like a moment of free time, then I'll read. But then I was like, I was not even doing that. I was also like finding myself scrolling social media. So I've been a lot more intentional, intentional about reading, um, self-adventure ingredients. What a good question. Um, I think this quarantine and the pandemic has also made me a little more intentional about the connection that I have. Um, with other people and the ways that I'm keeping in touch with people and just having like phone conversations with friends. And it's funny because once we were all kind of quarantined, I feel like I started talking to my friends and connecting with them more than I did before. Yeah. Um, You know, and you know, and you have a similar situation where, like, we've moved away from home. And so there are a lot of friends that I have in Los Angeles that I would be like, oh, I'll talk to them like once a month or every couple of months or whatever. And now we just have these like regular check ins because uh, I I don't know of this like way that we're all kind of forced to not see the people that we were um, used to seeing. So I think that 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 kind of intentional connection is another one. Um, And then I've been very. I've been very um, connected to my creativity and really figuring out, like, really allowing myself to follow the things that feel good. So, um, you know, I have a newsletter that I've been doing every week for the past year and a half or so. And then I have my own podcast. But, like, you know, recently I've just – I've allowed myself to kind of assess every month or couple of months and be like, does this still feel good? Does this still feel like the creative thing I want to follow? And It's tough for me to start something and then be like, no, I'm going to stop it or I'm going to pause it and do something else. But I'm kind of allowing myself to live in that space. And so I've been finding that I want to write a lot more. And so I was like, all right, I think I need a little more space in my life. I can't just like add another thing on to the, you know, the project list. And so I was like, maybe I'll, maybe I'll like pause the podcast for a little bit and just allowing for things, allowing myself to follow what feels good instead of being like, we already started this. So you have to finish it, whatever finish it means, like till I die. I don't know. So, um, so yeah, like really a allowing space for that creativity, for doing things just because they're fun and they feel good but then also allowing for a shift or a change or a pause or you know whatever it might be and really following the the projects that still feel good and still fuel my creativity has been a really good ingredient for me.
0: What do you think it is about quitting and stopping and
1: pausing oh that we have a thing about? That's such a good question. I mean, I don't I don't know what the actual answer is. I know that for me personally, I am afraid of looking like a failure. Um, I, especially with things that are kind of public, I, you know, that other people have seen. And and so this is huge for me, both as an Enneagram three, but also um, Gretchen Rubin. I, I'm not sure if you've read her happiness project, but she has like the four tendencies and, and, it's kind of like how we are able to take action on things, and mine is called the Obliger, which means that if I've like promised it to someone else, I'm I'm likely to do it. If I've promised it just to myself, I'm kind of like, yeah, whatever, maybe. Um, You'll be so, unsurprised to know that I am also an Obliger. Oh, unsurprised, completely unsurprised. If if most of our personality tests matched completely, I would be like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah. So you get it, where it's like, it's not even that we've promised. A podcast to anyone or promised a newsletter to anyone, but the fact that people know about it and or listen and or subscribe to it, I'm like, well, I can't just quit now. Like, what will they think? What will they, what will they do? And it's, and the funny thing is, it's not even about, it's not a, a sense of, um, of arrogance of like, what will they do without my podcast? Like, that's not it at all. It's just completely like, well, they'll think that I'm a flake or they'll think that I couldn't do it or they'll think, you know, who knows what they'll think. And um, it's just, it's so funny to me because I, I was having a conversation with a woman for my podcast last week where she was like, she was talking about following your whimsy. And she was like, as soon as I allowed myself to be in this place of just following what felt good, I realized that like I could start something and be really bad at it. Like, of course, I'm probably gonna be bad at it. I'm just like starting it. And I, and it's really for me to decide if I like it, if I want to continue it, starting something isn't for, isn't for other people. It isn't for them to be like, well, why didn't you finish it? Or she talked about how she had started juggling for fun and people were like, oh, do you want to be a clown? Like for real, they were like, are you like going to clown school? And she was like, what? No, can I just juggle? Like, what? <laughs> you know, and, um, and I realized that, you know, kind of going back to these structures that we have in place for people, it's like, we, we, have sometimes decided we can't just do things for fun or to see if we like them or to try them or we can't like start something and like it and then maybe change our mind later or be like, I want to do something else and maybe I need a little space in my life, you know? Um, So that's a wonderful question. I don't know that I fully have the answer about why we're not able to necessarily quit things, but I'm trying to be better at it myself. Like trying to allow for like, That was good for the season that I did it. And I'm so glad I tried it because now I know X, Y, Z, but now I want to do this. Or now I don't want to do anything. Like that's another one I'm working on. Like now I just want to have space in my life where I can do nothing or read or, you know, or do whatever. So yeah, that one's still a work in practice, but.
0: Mm. Permission to rest. Yeah. Or just permission to have open spots in the calendar.
1: Open spots. It's so wild. Why do I feel like I need to have every second of every day filled? I don't know. But, yeah, definitely working on that permission.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's some some hustler markers that I feel around filling the calendar and not stopping something or Mm -hmm. because I am a very crafty, curious, creative person, I can often – Just pick a new thing. I'm cross-stitching at the moment and it's the best. (laughs) But instead of just letting it be fun, I mean, I'm trying very hard at the moment to just let it be fun and meditative and and nice. But then I can feel either the the entrepreneurial brain in me is, oh, these are cute. You should sell them. No, I definitely should not sell them. Yes. Oh, (laughs) my gosh. Any any planet should I sell them. And then secondly, well, what about the last craft project that you abandoned halfway through? Or yeah. I've got a whole box of of different ideas yep. that I've had over the time, both creative-wise or business-wise or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't allowing myself just to be grateful that I had that idea or that thing in the season.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Yeah. I was obsessed with it having a purpose or yes. going to the next level.
1: It's so true. And it's like maybe the purpose is just like – To figure out if you like it or maybe the purpose was just to do it for a couple months and that's it it's so yeah it's that mindset shift of like the purpose doesn't have to be this huge thing or that like you're the next great australian cross-stitcher you know it can it can just be what it is it could just be a fun thing and it can be just for now yeah totally that leads me to my favorite
0: part of these interviews, which is to draw you a card from mm-hmm. the soon to be released self adventure card deck. I'm so so let me bring out. Oh, okay. <laughs> let it go was uh, the one that I pulled for you. Uh, and it says, This is a tough one, but you're going to need to let it go to release and surrender to that which you cannot control, to let go of how you thought it was going to look, be, or happen. You thought you should stand your ground or push back or fight harder, but not this time. You can release this one. This is not your last stand and not the time to dig in. Allow yourself to surrender. Release the pressure you put on yourself or the expectation you thought it would. You don't need to hold on so tight. Relinquish control. There is nothing left to do here except let it go and let it be and revel in the release. Revel in the release. Oh, I love that. Does that, how does that sit with you in the current time?
1: Um, That card feels like the lesson that I need throughout my entire life. That feels like everything I ever need to hear. Um, But no, it also reminds me of what we were kind of talking about in the beginning of like who I am and being in this place of not striving so hard to be this vision of myself, but just allowing myself to sit in the space of becoming. And that, like when I hear that, It feels like I get to like kind of just unclench like and like revel in the release. That is such a beautiful phrase because it's not just like it's not um, surrender as a hard thing. It's like it's a beautiful thing. It is it's a restful state. And um, yeah, I really love that revel in the release feels like something I'm going to write on a sticky note and put put all over my house. Perfect. I love that. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much
0: for this conversation. I am so grateful to be here with you and, and have this, this chat. I feel like we could always talk for hours, Um, but yeah, I'm so grateful. Thank you, love. Thank you for having me. And I wanted to pop on the end here where people can find out more about you, where, where are all the things?
1: Yes. So my website is jennabritton.com and on Instagram, Instagram's probably where I'm the most active social media wise. And my um, handle is at britton W-R-I-T-E-S. And then I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook, but I don't really use those as much. So That's my nice. website <laughs> and Instagram are probably the best.
0: Perfect. And everyone can listen to your beautiful podcast. Yes. Oh beautiful back
1: catalog of gorgeous episodes. Thank you. Yes, that's called brave enough to be. And um, that's also on Instagram at brave enough to be. So you could find both the website and the Instagram for that as well. Perfect. Thank you so much, Jenna. I am so grateful for you. Thank you, love. Feelings mutual.
0: Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope that you got something out of it. And I hope that you are feeling less alone, because really, that is all the point of this. I want you to have those mini light bulb moments or that deep resonance, as I said at the top. So I hope that that happened for you today. Before you go, I want to tell you a little bit more about the self-adventure business and our first product, the self-adventure cards. It's an oracle-style deck of 28 pep talk style poems that encourage you to sit with yourself, pause, reflect, and move from the wondering to the way forward. So if that sounds good to you, you can find all about them at theselfadventure.com. And I would love for you to come and find us on Instagram at theselfadventure. Again, thank you so much for being here. I look forward to being in your ears on the next episode. And until then, enjoy the adventure.